0: it's it's just been very important Mm -hmm. for me as therapy yeah even if it's not being shared with anybody
1: hello and welcome to where the living room used to be a podcast about rhode island's music scene Hey everyone, it's James! For this episode, I sat down with artist and musician Kay Bellardinelli. We discussed a lot over our lengthy chat, including her early experiences with music all the way back to her first shows, the start of her band Mar, as well as the topics she's addressing with her songs. We also discussed the interesting ways she's recorded over the years, and the story behind her solo project, Maria Sunta. Plus, we cover a bit about RIShows.com, which is a fantastic resource for our local music and art scenes that she's a big part of these days. If you enjoy the episode, please tell a friend, and make sure to subscribe to Where the Living Room Used to Be wherever you get your podcasts, because I'll be releasing some bonus episodes with Kay over the coming weeks. Where did you grow up? Are you like a native Rhode Islander or, or what kind uh, No,
0: it? I grew up in New Haven area, okay. awesome. yeah, in Connecticut, and I've lived in New England most of my life. I yeah. lived in Boston before I came here. Okay, but I also you went to Mass
1: Art, right? Is that, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: hmm Um, and I lived in California a little bit also. What part? Uh, the Bay Area, and I went to CalArts in okay. Southern California for a year, yep. which is near LA, so it's sort okay. of in LA for and a year. And what were you studying? Uh, photography. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I did that photography at MassArt also. So oh, I basically right. went to MassArt for about a year and then CalArts for a year and then went back to MassArt okay. um, and got my degree from MassArt. Cool. Yeah.
1: Do you still do a lot with photography now?
0: Not really. No? Okay. (laughs) I I think I kind of branched out. Yeah. And um, photography does, like, come up here and there. Or Mm -hmm. or I'll do video, which is very related. But um, not a whole lot of, like... I haven't done a project, a whole project, where it was just primarily photography in a long time. No, okay. It's usually, like, mixing it with something else. Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah. Or, yeah, there's some other... Uh, concept of the project that you're working on that might involve photography, but it's not like you're...
0: Yeah. I think also a lot of art that I end up doing recently is sort of related to the music. If I'm doing visual art, it's like a music video for Mm -hmm. the uh, music Mm -hmm. or an album cover Mm -hmm. or something like that. So like, I'm incorporating visual art into those things, but... Mm-hmm. The music is the primary thing. Yeah, the driver of it. Yeah, yeah. Often. But I just kind of like go through waves of doing one medium or another. Oh, okay. And I like to think that all of my creative work has similar threads with the subject matter and the kind of like mood or texture of things mm-hmm. or the approach. Okay. But, um, but not sticking with any particular media, like the medium is not really yeah okay so relevant to me yeah because I like to do different things and just kind of go wherever the wind takes me in yeah terms of
1: but do you want to talk medium? a little bit about more of that though at all like of what mm. of um th- that that through line with everything or
0: um yeah I don't I think that taking things that are are Painful and then transforming them mm-hmm. is a big part of just my life in yeah. general. And um, I've always had the viewpoint that if bad things are happening in, in the world or if bad things happen to you personally, to instead of burying it and or ignoring it, to face it and do what you can to take those experiences and make something positive Mm -hmm. out of it. So for me, making art is one of those positive things, and also just connecting with other people. Mm -hmm. And the art helps connect to other people too, so it all...
1: Yeah. So what brought you into music then from... Was it just Mm. a natural extension from... From the art that you were making or
0: how well, was, uh, was big, music like, in,
1: your, in your life prior to um, like photography or how, how did the timeline of that all line up?
0: Right. Yeah, um, I was a, a listener of, and fan of music for a really long time before yeah. I really tried to write music or perform music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I started going to underground shows when i was a teenager i guess or young i don't know like 12 13 really cool around that yeah yeah where was in connecticut
1: what was the, like uh the venues that were going to uh,
0: i would there was a lot of shows happening in halls like okay. knights of columbus but um i didn't have a car yeah okay. <laughs> it yeah, was yeah. like <laughs> somebody's parents like drop you off or that was
1: my first show too you know at a vfw hall and yeah like outside of worcester massachusetts uh-huh. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah i think the very first show i ever went to was at toad's place and i saw weird al Yankovic.
1: really <laughs> yeah that's awesome
0: and then my second show was the spice girls cool um which was at like it was not a diy venue or anything yeah. it's like a huge stadium yeah. And I, then probably my third show was an underground show. that was at some, like a VFW hall yeah, yeah. or something like that. that's cool. Yeah.
1: I saw Weird Al at Rocky Point. Oh, cool. It was amazing. And that was, uh, one of the most memorable parts was I got to, I was in line to go on the flume ride. And he came off okay. of it with like his, wow. with his you know, like with his like entourage and his like security and stuff like that. But he was like getting off, and I was like, "That's Weird Al." And then yeah, just the same later that night. But it's phenomenal, like his his band and and he's just a <laughs> phenomenal artist. So that's really cool, you know.
0: Yeah, I wasn't a Weird Al fan. I no? guess I should just to <laughs> clarify that. But like my cousin was really yeah. into him, and it was like my cousin went, and yeah. my brother went, and I went. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So. I I was going to a lot of punk and hardcore kind of shows and yep. some ska which mm-hmm. I'm like I don't really like ska. I'm like what, <laughs> more, but like,
1: like, like, <laughs> what a, like what like uh like era or like what time uh, this was This is yeah this yeah. is
0: like 13 to But eight,
1: like what 18, year I guess
0: was this? Oh like, um
1: I guess I was I thinking. Think. Of I what what what? Yeah. What ska were you going to? Like, was this is early two thousands? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, uh, and I, I was just like, I grew up in a, a suburb, and mm-hmm. it was um, boring, and also had like a, like a, a dangerous family mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that I wanted to escape a yeah, lot, so yeah. I think going out to music was amazing for me. Just being, mm-hmm. especially underground show, I don't mm-hmm. know, they're they're the best. <laughs> yeah, there's a being, great community there. Yeah, yeah. Being surrounded by people and you're all listening to the same thing at yeah. once, I think is awesome, and I still think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And especially as a teenager, it was really exciting. So. But I, I, at the time, like, punk and hardcore kind of stuff and just a lot of music in general was very homogenous mm-hmm. in terms of who was doing and it's like It was mostly white men.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was really rare that I saw a woman or a girl on stage. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that kind of played into part of feeling like it's not... I'm always gonna be the viewer or the listener, and I'm never oh, okay. gonna be like the performer person. And also, just being young, I guess. But um, it took me a long time to feel like I I could play music. Yeah. I also I really I hate traditional learning of music yeah, and yeah. practicing scales. Or, like, learning other people's songs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I tried taking lessons. I tried guitar lessons, drum lessons, um, and it never really... Yeah. It never really were like, I hated practicing. And I still... I like to practice, do band practice with um, my bandmate mm-hmm. or to practice my own set for my solo stuff, but... Yeah. I don't like practice scales and stuff like that. If I'm practicing, I'm practicing my own music that I wrote. Yeah. That I'm actually going to perform. Yeah. I think practicing scales is like, super boring. And, <laughs> <laughs> But I think that for a long time, I thought that you had to do that mm-hmm. type of thing to be a musician. I'm also just like not a very technical mm-hmm. musician. And that's something I had to learn that it's um, okay <laughs> to not be technical. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I find that it's more important to me as a listener that there's passion mm-hmm. and soul in the music. And I'm less into when people are just hyper technical and mm-hmm. there's nothing underneath it. It's just like superficial, just yeah. look what I can do kind yeah. of <laughs> music. Yeah. I that can be fun to listen to or watch also, but the stuff that really sticks with me and hits harder is usually more when, like, I can really tell that the person's feeling it. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm assuming you're just saying that you were, like, self-taught. You, learned, like, learned a little bit of these things and then just kind of yeah
0: on your own. Yeah. yeah, mostly self-taught, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, Mar is really, it's the only real band that I've been in Okay, so far. How did I've that been, start? Um, we shared a practice space, me and my bandmate, Eric, mm-hmm. um, I posted on the Fort Thunder listserv. Yeah. Which for some local Rhode Island (laughs) people, they may know what it is. I kind of think of it as like an underground Craigslist almost for artists in in Providence. And um, so, yeah, I posted on there just looking for somebody to share practice space with. And Eric... A few people responded, and Eric responded, and he mentioned some music that he was into and stuff, mm-hmm. and so that, that helped kind of sell him uh-huh. to me.
1: Because you were just playing guitar, or like, what were you, like... Um, what, what I was right playing,
0: I this? I got the space originally just to um, practice drums in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, couldn't really afford it on my mm-hmm. own, and then Eric came in, and I... I, don't, I think that maybe he was going to practice bass or guitar or something. I don't remember okay. what he meant to do, but pretty early on he suggested, oh, maybe we jammed together. So we jammed together, and then that just kind of turned into having a band. Yeah. And that was, I don't know, I think it was like 2014 okay. like, or something. Cool. Am I totally wrong? I don't know. Time
1: is. Yeah, no. I mean, like the first release I, I saw you had was uh, August of 2016. So oh, okay, was, um, then,
0: but we had a demo. You didn't see the demo, did you? Probably
1: not. I mean, yeah, I'm there was a demo nothing, that we had before.
0: So. Okay. Um. Before an like official release. Okay. So. I would guess maybe the demo was 2015, and so maybe we formed 2014, 2015, or something like that. And was this here in Providence? Yeah. Yeah, okay. This is in Providence. And originally, Eric played bass and did lead vocals, and I did drums. And um, then that kind of slowly turned into... I did, like, backing vocals. Mm -hmm. And then we had one song where um, where I did some guitar and I did vocals and there were like no drums. Uh-huh. And, then, and then in the second half of the song, then I get on the drums. Yeah. And do- so, that, it is, so there's always been this switching around. Yeah, yeah. And, um, except in the very beginning, it was pretty strict that Eric was the bassist and I was the drummer. And I wasn't the vocalist at all. And then I kind of like slowly took over the vocals. And now when we play live, usually I'm not doing a lot of drums, but it's really, it's different every time.
1: What is it like writing uh with eric and mar
0: yeah um interesting question i don't know we've written like so many different kinds of things and it it varies a lot what the process is Mm -hmm. Um, there's some times where one of us maybe has something written like we have like a drum part written, oh, okay. or a guitar part written, and then we'll bring that to practice mm-hmm. and build off of that. And who's doing, who's writing that guitar mm-hmm. or drums? It could be either of us. And there are parts where if we're kind of feeling stuck on something, sometimes we'll switch instruments. Oh, okay. If it's like, you know, the drums are not really working, then whoever's not playing drums would be like, well, maybe I could try. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe if you get on guitar, then... Yeah. There's also been times where I'll have some kind of visual in my head. Like, I'm... And I'll... Describe it to Eric. I'm like, can you write a guitar part that sounds like there's like a fire burning in a distant forest and it's nighttime and you could see the smoke or something. Yeah. So like a visual.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, Like a visual with a mood and and so he'll pick up on, on that or I'll start a guitar riff and then like he'll build off of that. Yeah. Um, that's happened. There's also been times where I had uh, a vision of of the trajectory of a song in terms of like where the mood is going to go and if something is going to get more intense or if there's going to be parts that are sparse. And I'll draw a picture. There's like a graph of how the song is going to go out. That's cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of times if I... or we are planning out a song like that, what we end up with is not what we did. Yeah. But sometimes it's useful just to, like, have some vision, even Mm if you're going to totally go astray from Mm -hmm. that vision, just to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. Do you still have those? Like, do you keep those drawings?
0: I don't know. Maybe. I was keeping it when we... Because, like, the
1: nerd in me, like, the music nerd in me. Yeah. That'd be really cool to see, you know. Yeah. Really cool to like keep, you know. But
0: uh, it might there might be some in this notebook that I haven't looked inside of in years. That was like the Mar notebook that we kept in the space. I think there was more ephemera, sort of just like strewn about when we before I moved to where I am now, and we were still in that original practice space. Yeah. um, Which is on Dyke Street in Olneyville and that we had like they would be taped on the wall yeah. and or just like lying around and stuff and so we had more stuff like that i do have a a book that i keep show flyers in so oh, nice. i have um almost all of our show flyers that rolls yeah so I did that but I don't know about the drawings. Anymore. Yeah. They also, sometimes they're in my journal. Mm-hmm. And I've kept a journal since, uh, I don't know, since I was like 12 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the often there's bits of lyrics or mm-hmm. guitar chords and things like that that mm-hmm. are mixed in with journal entries. Yeah. Yeah, they're not yeah. always in one place.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, but that's a really cool approach to creating. Um, it just I guess what comes to mind is I did an interview with a rapper, Blacklick, and mm-hmm. uh, he writes by colors. So he'll like listen to beats and uh. and he'll hear like red, and then he'll go into uh, like he'll, he'll like vision like red will come into it, and then he'll just go on the, and it uh-huh. just like this amazing process that uh, is very unique. And uh, but hearing what what you've mm-hmm. done is just a, it's just a. I just love hearing it. I love learning about these new ways to, to mm. come to these approaches to music. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, to kind of talk a little bit about some of your other recordings, um, you did uh, a record, Filled Your Lungs, in uh, mm. 2017 that was recorded at the Radar Studio. Uh, you know, with that record, though, again, just uh, one thing that really kind of stood out, and maybe it's a little bit more of what we've just talked about, but the song, Sick of It. Um, you know, it seems like it, yeah, it, was, it was pulling from more of, like, punk and noise, mm. um, you know, versus some of the other droney stuff. So, like, it, are you putting a lot of thought into, like, it, when you're writing these records, are you, are you looking at it as to, like, this is just naturally what's coming out? Or are you looking at it in more of, like, the uh, the arc of an album and say, mm. we should maybe add in a little bit of a different sound to it? Or, or how, how does, like, the mm. overall pieces come together? Is it... Um,
0: I think it's sort of both, like, we'll start with just writing songs, but once we have a few and we feel like we're working towards an album, then um, I'm definitely thinking about how are these going to go together and wanting to put together something that covers all the ground that I want to cover. yeah. I think that the most recent album, Everything is Alive, was a little... The process was a little different. Okay. But all the the albums before... Um, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about how they go together. Mm-hmm. Sick of It in particular, I think it wasn't really... That was not planned. It was sort of a departure from most of our other mm-hmm. music, I think that one was just sort of like, I want to, yeah. I don't know. We just we wrote it really quickly yeah. from what I remember. But I'm trying to remember, we had one song that originally was an Elliot Smith cover, and then it ter- oh, yeah. turned into... Like
1: an original? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Because I think it was the only thing that was really like the Elliot Smith song, was the the lyrics we like kept the lyrics but wrote all new music yeah yeah and then i wish eric was here so i could (laughs) ask it eric has a much better memory than me i don't remember if the song is called everything means nothing to me or if it's just he says everything means nothing to me over and over and over i think that because i say um I just want to have a d- good day. I just want to have a good day over and over. And I think it yeah. was everything is nothing to me over and over originally.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I
0: and mean, then I was, um, I so I, I um, used to be in an abusive relationship. And okay. I went to, used to go to group therapy for like survivors of domestic violence. And mm-hmm. in a group therapy session, somebody in the group, was just, like, talking about being exhausted, really, from, like, having to deal with the stuff. And, like, Uh um, you work really hard to take care of yourself and, like, heal and everything. Um, Or if you're still in the relationship, just to, like, survive. And sometimes you're like, can I just have a good day? Like, I just want to have a good day. Mm -hmm. And so she said that and... I thought that that was a very powerful thing to say. So mm-hmm. um, then I put it in in a song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, that kind of connects back to what we were talking about of just the, like, the a lot of what you're doing is, um, yeah, I think it was an interview that I heard you talking about of just, like, uncovering or bringing attention or just, like, helping to, um, you know, work through some of these um, Things that are, can often be pushed pushed down or whatever. Um, however, mm-hmm. y- y- you probably can describe it a lot better as the artist yourself. But um, no, I'm, uh, that sucks to hear. Um, but uh, uh, it, it's. I guess again, like what we're saying is, it it's good that there's music, that there's some maybe some outlet with that kind of stuff. But um,
0: yeah, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have art, yeah. and music. Um, I don't. Know. Yeah. I'd probably be dead or something but <laughs> like, i I've, I've it's it's just been very important mm-hmm. for me as therapy mm-hmm. to be able to make art, yeah even if it's not being shared with anybody just yeah. to, just to write in my journal
3: yeah is healing, yeah,
0: yeah, but especially like I think that performing live okay especially um and being able to say things that are hard on stage mm-hmm. in front of if you can like get through that it feels very empowering and yeah and then other people connect with that and they'll talk to you about it and that, that's really awesome too yeah just to see if other people connect with it
1: yeah do you remember what it was like performing for the first time um like, well yeah so the fir- the
0: first show I ever ever played I was filling in on drums for a different band okay. in Boston at a basement show
3: yeah
0: um so there was that it wasn't my own music and I was very nervous <laughs> and I kind of fucked up a bit uh there I felt like there was a lot of pressure um and not a lot of practice oh, <laughs> before yeah. well, it was kind of just like other being... people's
1: stuff you know
0: yeah. yeah um yeah playing other people's stuff is sort of hard because it's it's harder to just improvise if things go a little off yeah i think when it's your own music and you really know it well if you make a mistake you can kind of make it seem like it wasn't a mistake maybe, yeah yeah honestly. as long
1: as you don't bring attention or you yeah know, to like oh i messed up and no one will know but yeah
0: yeah and that, but the first show that I played that was my own music and that was with Mar, we played at a venue called Red Room that oh, yeah, okay. it was a warehouse space in Onlyville. Mm-hmm. I think our first two shows actually were there, cool, yeah, and that was good i that went a lot better from what I remember, uh-huh. and it was the second one that was my first time doing vocals live yeah I wasn't really I wasn't doing lead vocals really but I had some vocals yeah in the set um so that was like the next kind of step in my getting comfortable on stage yeah
3: yeah
1: no that, that's cool I mean uh again I'm a drummer and I'm a stereotypical like all i do is play drums and i don't want any Mm -hmm. attention so like if (laughs) they're like james sing a song i'm like i can't do that you know yeah uh that's rough but so yeah that's cool but um and i guess i'm just kind of curious of like what again i'm not like a a, a super tech kind of guy guitar tech or even drum kind of stuff but like You know with what you're doing like what are some of the actual instruments that you're using like what kind of guitars are you using or like Hmm. uh, just it 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 did strike me as something that was like interesting with your your sound you know of um, for mar yeah for mar Hmm.
0: yeah um the drums are are just like pieced together okay every piece of the drum was um obtained individually yeah okay like, the the kick drum I bought from somebody on Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. And then the rack tom I bought online. The floor tom I found on the street. Um, oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> the cymbals uh, Eric and I went and shopped for individually. Mm-hmm. They're different brands and stuff. Everything is just kind of... Okay. You know, it makes it mad. Oh, like the snare drum. I was like an old neighbor left it in the basement or yeah something. it was you know it's
1: that's cool just though.
0: cobbling things yeah. together but i feel like it has a specific sound where yeah. if we try to use other people's drums it doesn't sound right yeah um but none of it's very like nice or anything it's just mostly cheap stuff except for the the symbols are, are kind of expensive yeah
3: we can't
0: <laughs> i like having the, n- yeah. the nice symbols. yeah and then the guitar, I have a Guild guitar from the 70s. It's okay. very cool. I think it's called an S60. It's all black, um, which I like. Yeah. I like how it looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks cool. <laughs> and uh, it sounds good. And then usually we're playing at a very loud amp, so... What I have right now is an amppeg, that's also from the seventies. Mm-hmm. It's a tube amp. I forget what it's called, like the model. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, that's most of it. And then sometimes we have had bass. Is mostly like earlier stuff that has bass. We don't really mm-hmm. use bass anymore, um, or haven't recently. Yeah. And there's some songs that have organ. Yeah. There's been a couple of different organs here and there. Actually, this house that I live in, that we're in right now, came with an organ.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: My friend owns the house and a bunch of stuff just sort of like came with the yeah. house when they bought it. And, yeah.
1: Well, no one moves and an like, organ, so, you know, if you don't have to, I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah. like are just
0: heavy,
1: you know, so.
0: Yeah. And it was a nice gift. That's there's cool. there's a see the there's a little mysterious door oh, yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. If you go in there, that's where the organ was.
1: Oh, so it wasn't even just like there's an it was like hidden away Yeah. The,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like in the oh, Okay, I was closet. just imagining
1: it was like, oh, it just like in the room and you're like, oh, yeah, this is you can have it. It's no. heavy and bulky and just keep it. But Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, that is a I don't know, like a four foot door to those that are listening. It's it's not a not a typical closet, so that must have been no. a fun surprise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in the, the garage now.
1: Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, following that, uh, Pressed in the Earth was uh, January 2019 when that came out, right? And um,
0: I don't know the dates, yeah. but well, you <laughs> I t- believe you. <laughs> t-
1: you tell me, James. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one sure. who did the yeah, research. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know my music better than I do um, now
1: but yeah again listening to that one uh, it, it kind of just what you're talking about with the drums like it, it Wait, like sorry, I Wait, sorry which album? oh pressed in the earth
0: Oh pressed in the earth yeah
1: yeah uh, okay. had had a, a more of a, a sludgy like drum sound to it um, mm-hmm. uh, you know again was is, is that something that um, like stands out as as a rationale from that like to break from some of the other um, sounds
0: i don't um, remember trying to make the drums sound different maybe okay. it might have just been that we're getting more settled into what our sound is. okay yeah that's my guess but yeah i'm trying to think so pressing the earth did it say that we recorded that with will killingsworth at um dead air, dead air yeah 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 and then the one before it was the radar one.
1: Yeah. And then, but uh, yeah, Trust in Nothing was with Will.
0: Yeah. Um, as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can't come up with a good reason about the. Trust. Yeah. No, I just, i just getting,
1: <laughs> you know, just one thing that kind of like stood out. Um, or, you know, the, the, the track Bethesda, uh, you know, mm. reading that, that it was kind of pieced together uh, using. Uh, you know, various recording sessions. Um,
0: Yeah, well, so the reason for that was that the... I had made this demo... There was one day where it was... um, It was either Christmas Day or New Year's Day, and I went to the practice space by myself, and I just, like, wrote most of that song. Oh, okay. Um, And I had the... There's this like weird guitar sound loop
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that goes throughout the track, and I had just m- made that loop improvising oh, okay. with a loop pedal, and then um, and it has some like feedback in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I and then and then I played the organ, and I had this like phone recording mm-hmm. that I made of the the loop playing out of the guitar amp and then playing the organ and um and then screaming Mm -hmm. over it and when it came time to record the album we had to re-record that i had no idea how i made that guitar (laughs) loop just yet and it wasn't um saved it wasn't like saved in the loop pedal yeah in some way where we could take it it was only in this cell phone recording oh okay So I think that's why it says, like, maybe I'm credited as recording part of it, because we ended up having to use the cell phone recording, because we couldn't, like, replicate the thing. Um, And then the organ, we never got it right. Actually, I don't like how the organ is in the album, or, like... Maybe I wouldn't shouldn't say that I don't like it, but it was better. I th- I liked it better in the demo, but mm-hmm. just nobody could figure out what the fuck I played on the organ. And we even took this same organ yeah. we brought it to the whole it was like one of those like double decker organs. Yeah, yeah, Pretty big and yeah. heavy. And we brought it to the studio wow. to play with and but before we did that, I tried to remember what I did. Eric tried to remember what I did or not remember, but just like figure it out. Yeah. Another friend tried. Will I think tried when we went and nobody, none of us could figure it out. It was so weird. Yeah. Um, that we couldn't get the chords to be the same. Wow. They always sounded different, and we've had multiple. Th- now I write down everything.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the moment you're like this. Yeah, is.
0: yeah. I'm like. You never know if yeah. you're gonna need it later, <laughs> um, but yeah, that was one of the a few things that we've had where like we tried to replicate it again and, and it just was yeah. impossible. So I think that's where the a lot of the piecemeal comes from. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the most recent record with Mar is Everything is Alive, um, which was done with Seth Manchester at Machines with Magnets, correct? Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh Yeah, so, I mean, this was done, uh, you know, I read, like, you know, written during the pandemic and mm. kind of, you know, it's hard to not have that come in and influence something. Um, but, uh, yeah, can you talk a little bit more about that and um
0: yeah so eric and i had this club that we started that was called song of the week club okay and uh it was we eric and i and a few friends of ours would every each week write and and record a demo of a song, of mm-hmm. a new song, every week, individually. Yeah. And then we'd meet um, as a group over a video call. Oh, wow, okay. Um, this was 2021, I think. Mm-hmm. And we did that for months, like most of the year. We, um, Eric and I did that. I think there was some friends kind of went in and out of the club but eric and i stayed in it mm-hmm. and eventually it just turned into Mar, mar club basically oh, okay <laughs> um, but we would and we weren't writing mar songs during um the majority of it although there were some songs that we wrote individually that did end up becoming mar songs but mm-hmm. we weren't like writing them as mar songs it's just each of us wrote our own thing yeah yeah. and so there's a lot of experimenting that kind of happened I gotcha and because it's such a short span of time a week it's like you just have to go with some whatever Mm -hmm. idea pops in your head and then just go with it and there's not a lot of time to get perfectionist about it yeah um which is really great for for me because I am kind of a perfectionist Okay. By nature, and it helped me let go of that a lot and to just like try new things. And um, also, it just ended up with a lot of material mm-hmm. and for Mar and for Maria Santa, my yeah. solo project. So, most of the songs that are on Everything Is Alive came from Song of the Week Club. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't really like that. W- that album, I think, was the most so. Not thinking about making an album at all. Just writing music. Mm-hmm. But then eventually... it Weirdly, it became the most of like a concept album. <laughs> oh, really? It, yeah, it is kind of... Um, somewhat of a concept album about environmental destruction and humans' relationship to life on Earth. Uh-huh. And But like from a personal... Lens also and thinking about wildness and um, wild vi- wildness versus control and colonialism and mm-hmm. capitalism and anything that involves humans thinking of ourselves as separate from mm-hmm. the rest of the natural world and like superior to all other life on earth. And so that album is a lot of the just kind of like breaking that apart and mm-hmm. and embracing wildness within yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that just that just sort of came naturally. The earliest song that I had that I had written, I had started ri- writing what had what later became we thought we were gods. Um, and it was. It had different lyrics originally, but it was about that yeah. relationship to the earth, and that I actually wrote. Oh, it was like um, March twenty twenty oh, that wow. I started writing it, yeah. and it was like right before lockdown happened. Yeah, I was thinking about how we like think we're above we think we're gods <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah we're just like think we're gods that we can take whatever we want and that there's not going to be any consequences for that mm-hmm. and it's just like infinite the resources that we can take from the earth mm-hmm.
3: but it's not true yeah
0: and um and then this pandemic comes and yeah. like really like reminds us that we're not all powerful beings that a virus can come and totally yeah fuck everything (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that was interesting and so I think that that kind of all the music that I I wrote after that until we came out with that release was sort of colored by Mm -hmm. that viewpoint yeah so even though I was not thinking about making an album and just like trying new things and experimenting or whatever it did end up having a cohesion, and once we start putting the songs together and thinking about recording again, then I was like, "Oh, maybe there's like a story here, mm-hmm. and that these songs all go together conceptually." Mm-hmm. But they they're very varied sonically, I think. Mm-hmm. But like, there's concept behind mm-hmm. them.
1: Yeah, I'd love to talk about your solo project, Maria Sunda, mm. um, which is you know more ambient guitar, voice melodies, um, obviously bringing a lot more stuff, field recordings, things like that. But um, what was the inspiration for that particular project? Uh,
0: so I I'm I'm related to a saint. Her name is Saint Maria Goretti. Oh, okay, and yeah, yeah. um. The Maria Senta project originally was sort of a concept uh, performance about her. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, so, like, a little bit about her story is that she was murdered by this... She was a child. She was um, 12, 11, 12 years old, and... uh, in the early 1900s, was stabbed by this older boy who lived with her and her family. They were farmers and um, very poor and had to share a home with another family, basically. And the other family was just, like, a a single adult man and then his son, who was, like, 18, 17, something like that. And... um, and so, like, the, the, boy, the young man was sexually harassing her, and, mm-hmm. like, she wouldn't... She was a child. <laughs> like, and then eventually he's like, I, I'm going to kill you if you don't have sex with me. So he, he stabbed her 14 times, and then she didn't die right away. And she went to the uh, hospital and ended up dying there, but before... Dying, uh, according to the story, forgave the killer Uh on her deathbed. Um, And now she's a saint. (laughs) They made her... um, The Catholic Church canonized her in the 50s or 60s. Okay. Yeah. And so she she was my great-grandmother's cousin. First cousin. Yeah. Um, So I guess technically she's my first cousin, like... 3 4 times removed yeah like that. yeah um and so it's a really like wild story yeah yeah and um and i i just uh i don't know yeah i really like it feels powerful to me like i feel like i can connect with this idea of there being a threat of sexual violence that we just live in uh-huh. all the time. And um, and and it's also interesting to me thinking about, like, who is made into a saint and, like, why is, like, this person a saint? I don't, it's just, yeah, it's all very interesting to me. Yeah. So but the early performances were pretty different than how the Maria Santa music is now. Mm-hmm. Um I had video projection that was of a film made about uh, from the 40s, or like 1940, about uh, Maria Goretti. Okay. And that had some original abstract kind of video that I made that I Uh put together with it. And then I played uh, guitar and organ. And it was all instrumental. Mm -hmm. And then... I actually. Oh, also I'll say that um, that the name Maria Santa it come it has two meanings. One of them is it's just a name in Italian that means the Assumption of Mary into heaven, which I think is an okay. interesting visual. Yeah. Um, And then it's also Maria, like Maria Goretti. And then her mother's name was Asunta. Oh, okay. Maria Asunta. And then in in 2019, I got a vocal cord injury, presumably from screaming in Mar. Yeah. And yeah, I had uh, throat nodules.
2: Oh, yeah. I might
0: still have them. I don't know. I haven't. Yeah. they had to like stick a camera down my throat and I haven't had done it again yeah I think if they are still there they're, they're better but I did five months of voice therapy and during that time I pretty much was not doing more much really yeah. and like yeah. um trying not to scream yeah no
3: you have to
0: uh, that. yeah I just yeah the voice therapist was like please don't scream <laughs> <laughs> and um and I had a an artist residency that I had been accepted into that was um, a week or two uh-huh. in a cabin in the woods in Vermont. Okay. Um, alone, and uh, I I think I I originally was gonna go there and do visual art, but I, I ended up doing music and mm-hmm. um, bringing bringing guitar and. Uh, amp and stuff and tried out singing mm-hmm. because my voice was fucked up mm-hmm. i was like maybe i'll try to just like sing and <laughs> so i um i recorded a bunch of demos myself there yeah. and that that was my first maria santa album yeah it was unbound that. yeah yeah unbound yeah um but yeah that wouldn't have happened i I don't think i would have started singing um, if I hadn't had that vocal cord injury, which wow. is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So another time to, like, something bad happens, like, <laughs> turn it into something else. Yeah. Now I feel like I can scream again, which is nice, but I also can sing, too.
1: Yeah, it's cool that, yeah, that you're taking that opportunity to just branch out into other things. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I mean, with some of that, I guess, uh, like what was the writing process for that just because it does pull in
3: mm. you know a
1: lot of different field recordings or like how like what was yeah. what was the the kernel of the idea was it a vocal melody was it a guitar part and then you were layering from mm. it or was it, um
0: it, it was all, all different i think okay. i think i was i was trying to write almost a song every day that mm-hmm. i was there because yeah. all of it was written and recorded well at the residency. Yeah. And I just... the I had the whole day spent either actively writing or recording music or doing things that I felt would, like, enrich the music. So I did a lot of just, like, walking in the woods and... Yeah, yeah. Going on hikes and stuff and um and, like, feeling the elements around me mm-hmm. and so like maybe I, w- I would hear the wind blowing in the trees and then try to sing, like hum a little tune that was yeah. inspired by that or um, play guitar. And I was also reading a lot. I was reading a lot of stuff about like saints, other saints, I'm mm-hmm. um, um, going like away from Maria Goretti and, and just like folk Catholicism kind okay. of stuff, and um, particularly from Italy, and also just like um, Mary slash the Madonna, different um, versions of, of her and what are uh, okay, reading? yeah, yeah. There's yeah, like reading a lot of that that type of stuff. So, there was, yeah, I guess to answer your question about the, sometimes it was like humming something yeah. in, the, in the woods, and sometimes it was like sitting with the guitar and trying to like write something on the guitar and building off of that.
1: Did you have like set amounts of time to record, or like how much recording did you do a day, or was it just more... Um,
0: I think it was Going sort of like
1: feeling of like this, this is, I'm, I feel inspired right now. I can go do something or where you like, I'm in the studio, quote unquote, for uh, eight hours, you know?
0: Yeah. It wasn't and, regimented yeah, and okay. like the space that I was in, it was like a, a very tiny little cabin that's just one room Yeah, and it's lofted with a bed up top and then underneath the bed is sort of like a couch kind of, or like a built in, um, bench, uh-huh. not a couch, ca- bench, um, and there's a little, quote-unquote, kitchen, but it, yeah. it didn't have running water. Uh-huh. Um, so there was, like, a sink that was gravity-fed that went into a little bucket underneath. Uh-huh. And there was a mini fridge. There was electricity. Yeah. Um, so there's a mini fridge. I would have to unplug it to record stuff because it was, like, super loud. <laughs> um, yeah. Being in such a tiny space. And there was no... And then there was a porch. Um... They had a little wood stove on the porch, which was cool. But there was no studio other than that room. Uh Uh-huh. So either I was, like, out on the porch or I was out walking around in the woods somewhere, walking down to, there was a river down the hill, but there was no, like... Here in the studio now, and then you go home or something. Yeah, like yeah, you're in the studio, the whole mm-hmm. everything is the studio. Yeah. Outside is the studio. Inside is the studio. Yeah. And there was the f- field recordings too. So, maybe in the morning I heard something. I record the field mm-hmm. recording, and then I go walk around, and then in the afternoon I'm inside and I record guitar or something. Yeah. It, every day was different. And yeah. And so, was it just yeah. a pretty
1: simple setup? Just. Kind of like a mic going into
0: I think I just had a, a field recorder. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I didn't have any, I don't think I even had a mo- a vocal mic. Cool. Um, I have like, I have this thing now that's a, um, audio interface. Yeah. That I can plug a microphone into and then like plug it into my computer. Yeah, but I didn't have that back then. I just had this little um, Tascam, oh, okay, digital field recorder. That's cool. That I record everything with. Yeah, and I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's not super clean and perfect mm-hmm. sounding. It's just it's recording the room.
1: Yeah,
0: or the space yeah. that you're in.
1: I dig that. That's
2: awesome.
0: And then I had a little guitar amp that I borrowed from a friend and my guitar. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I brought an organ. Is there... or? Oh, no, I think I had a little organ that I brought. Okay. Yeah, I did bring... Yeah, I brought this little organ that's Farfisa brand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and it was uh, actually made in the part of Italy that my family is from oh, really? and that St. Maria Goretti is from, too, and stuff. So I was thinking a lot about Italy at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Italy and Catholicism and stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, yeah, the next uh, record was about a year later, October 2020, Il Volcano. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Again, re- recorded in isolation for a different reason than, right. <laughs> than an art project or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that I found interesting, at least looking at it uh, here, is that you've, uh, you know, released this as a lathe cut 7-inch, um, mm-hmm. but even have, like, presented it that way digitally, where it's, like, a side A, side B... Um, can you talk a little bit more about the thought process behind that of combining them and then having them be, you know, these very uh, specific, like eight minute long tracks, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I kind of felt like the whole thing was like a collage. Okay. Like each side is like a collage and there's not a clear start and end. Um, I did end up timestamping it. So I think in like the light. In the liner notes, it will say um, when a song yeah. starts and stops, but um, but also that it's really it's really not intended that you just listen to one song or, and jump around. That like they flow
2: mm-hmm.
0: in and out of each other, and um, it didn't feel it just felt right that like either you're gonna listen to the whole side or yeah. or not, and it's only eight minutes, so. Yeah a lot of songs are eight minutes long anyway yeah, so yeah. why not like kind of treat it like a, a song
1: yeah you like you have some more songs that are that long right? yeah some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. uh-huh. cool yeah no it was just a, a you know interesting way to uh, present this stuff and um, yeah you know just had some you know my notes distorted noise and like echoing kind of piano and some you know mm-hmm. different drums that were coming in. Um how was that how was that one recorded was that one um
0: that I did pretty much everything in the practice space oh, okay in yeah, I think that also was just the field recorder
1: yeah but the the next project that you did with Maria Simta was warmest uh oh. july twenty twenty one um you know the song Somehow I Made It So Far was one that stood out um, mm. this one just seemed again like a little bit more of the departure it had just a little bit more of a, a dark folky sound to it um, mm. and uh, yeah it just seemed like you were again kind of pulling in some some different things um, with that particular uh, with that particular record so I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to kind of shout out from, from that yeah um,
0: Warmest, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Warmest was a Song of the Week album. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. All of most of the songs. Um, basically, so we were doing this the Song of the Week, and I had uh, after months of doing that, I had this big cache of songs, mm-hmm. and some of them. A couple of them were abandoned, and then some of them were set aside for Mar, and then some of them were set aside for what would eventually be the self-titled album, mm-hmm. Maria Sinta. And then, like, kind of what was left over i was like maybe i'll just release these demos so those are all oh, okay i didn't record them as an album they are the demos that i recorded as i went along like oh, okay. week to week yeah, yeah and just recording them at home and some of i think there's like like somehow um that song somehow i've well i think on that album is called somehow i've made it so far yeah and then on the self-titled i've shortened it to just somehow
3: okay yeah yeah, yeah.
0: if i'm remembering it right yeah, yeah. and and like re-recorded it and maybe there was maybe one other song that was re-recorded oh, okay but i had um i had a vision of like these are songs that i want to be on the real album and mm-hmm. these are songs i want to put on the demo kind of like home recording album yeah which was uh warmest yeah so i had him um planned out that way and that those are sort of examples of like I like that they sound that they're imperfect and they sound mm-hmm. like I just recorded them myself because I did yeah and um and so I don't know in a way I like it better than like this I don't know I I like the the studio recordings of the self title's self-titled album also but they're just different. Yeah. They're different. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I like both styles a lot.
4: Somehow I made it. I made it so far. I
0: I can't call
1: yeah I'd love to talk about the self-titled uh this is your latest release uh came out this year in May uh May Mm -hmm. 2023 uh recorded with Quinn um at uh at Survival Crimes uh, yeah and that's in Pawtucket correct yes yeah cool um and uh you know what was the decision to to like to go there you know versus doing some of the um more home more
0: recording. Home. Yeah. I just wanted it to sound fancy. Okay. <laughs> like cool. I wanted That's to cool. have like the real yeah. recording. I think especially with the vocal a part of it is is not just the recording it's like the production too. Like I I I considered Quinn to be a co-producer. Yeah, okay. On the album they um they helped a lot with like just like taking vocals and adding effects to them or taking like a little snippet of vocals and like turning it into an instrument almost and um that's right stuff like that and things i've and i I wanted to have a lot of layers and i wanted to have another person there to let me know when i was singing off key and Uh because i'm like really bad at that um
1: like, you find out after the fact or whatever, like, here's my new record. Name. Or
0: maybe <laughs> never find out. I don't know. I just, like, I'm not... Yeah. I, do, I don't feel confident in being... I, I, I'm I better at it now. I think I think I can hear it more okay. now. But, um, I don't know. Sometimes I think that when things are off-key, they sound better. But, um, Quinn would disagree <laughs> with me. And most people yeah. would disagree with me. I don't know. Um... But, yeah I just wanted to to up the the production mm-hmm. um, value yeah yeah and, and see what that sounded like yeah uh, it took it took a while
1: yeah like how long were you recording it I guess you said oh some God. of the demos were you know, know from you know
0: oh, for a while but like once so I mean but once like yeah. getting in the studio with Quinn um I mean we're we've been friends for like 20 years or, or something and um almost yeah almost 20 years okay cool. and um so we we know each other well and we would just end up just like hanging out yeah, yeah. Like, we're like and not <laughs> like being productive something. yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> or like it would turn into some a therapy session for one or the other of us and um so there's a lot of It was very drawn out, Mm -hmm. and um, it also wasn't like, oh, we're... Like, uh, with Mar, I've had gone to the studio, and it's like, we're going to spend the weekend recording an album Yeah. um, at Dead Air Studios in Western Mm -hmm. Mass or um, at Machines with Magnets in in Pawtucket. Um, But for this, it was just kind of like, we're going to record for a couple hours... Today and then the next time is going to be a week from now. Yeah. And then so it was just like really spread out. Yeah. Um so I think that like recording it was probably like half a year or something and we were oh, I don't oh, okay. know. I I mean yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Time is so weird now, but I agree, yeah. <laughs> um it it was months. Yeah. We were doing recording. And then we had to mix it. Something happened after mixing. Well, we had to like edit stuff, and then like and then mix it, and then um, master it. And Quinn Quinn was doing like the mixing and the mastering, but we we're also sort of doing it together, and like okay. Um, it was very drawn out, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was it was good. It was just like
1: yeah, it wasn't the uh, what your your experience of like this is a very different. a very bookended time frame of like yeah. it's like Saturday or you know Friday to Sunday we're gonna be doing this stuff and you're gonna have a a product that's done after that
0: yeah. yeah. And I was also it overlapped with working on the Mar album. Yep. everything is alive. Also, so. There was a period of time, of a few months, that the Mar album was priority, and then like Maria Sinto was sort of on the back burner a bit, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it
1: took yeah, a while. yeah. But yeah, I mean, with regard to mixing uh, the song "Can't Love You," uh, honestly, the the mix of that like really kind of stood out just because it has um, like a a field recording of i don't know it's like a nighttime crickets crickets. yeah but it was uh at least to me it it was just mixed at this level where it wasn't background it was you know it seemed like it was like just pushed up at that same level as the guitars and the drums or whatever you know everything else that was there Mm. and it was just a, a very cool take on that um again yeah like what were you thinking or what were you feeling as you were going into this record and 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 mixing Mm -hmm. that stuff like um you know just as as we've talked about like a lot of your work has um you know it has a lot of variation to it but there's a lot of the um you know whether it's the 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 droney stuff or some chanting or these you know voice melodies and and Mm -hmm. ambient guitar and stuff like that like um what was going into that particular record and um and from the, the writing to the mixing,
0: mm. a lot of a lot of things. I, I mean the, I'm I'm very influenced by R and B. It's like, cool. '90s R and B, and also like I listen to a lot of modern current stuff too. And I'm really into like slow jams and um, slower kind of R and B. Especially things that are like really repetitive and mm-hmm. kind of you get into like the groove. And um, yeah, I love it's that. like I find it really relaxing and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, Aliyah is one of my favorite artists, mm-hmm. and I think it's her song One in a Million that has crickets in it. Oh, okay. Like yeah. that. Um, yeah, pretty sure it's One in a Million. Yeah. I'm um, sure. yeah. And so I don't know if it's, like, a direct rip-off of that, but, like, that probably influenced uh-huh. me. I always thought that was really cool. And um, and the idea of having a lot of la- layers of, of vocals and having harmonizing vocal parts that... Was I hadn't really done that before, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I really want I wanted to have like lots of layers of vocals, and also have like secret vocals that maybe you don't hear it until uh, you've listened a few times. Okay. There's sort of, like hidden in the mix a little bit, or that. right. just like extra like sprinkled in mm-hmm. here and there, and just having like a lot of extra stuff. So that was a vision I had for the the sound of it Mm -hmm. and yeah i wanted i wanted to read a lot of atmosphere Mm -hmm. and just like make make a vibe Mm -hmm. and like that the song has this vibe and you're just in it yeah um i also was sort of moving away a bit from things that are really like intensely personal or about like traumatic stuff like a lot of my music lyrically has been about things like that and then uh the self-titled was like a little bit more so just let's just like chill out and yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I just want to like relax and not every song and then it was also just a bit about just relationships but not like abusive relationships but Mm -hmm. like um more like regular relationships i guess yeah
3: yeah
0: or um and i think maybe there is an ongoing uh thread in my music of kind of questioning what love is or what love isn't or um what does care look like Mm -hmm. between two Two people, mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of that, and like can't love you. Uh, that song is about um, really caring deeply for somebody, and that person like wants you to be their girlfriend or whatever, and just like can't do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like I I can love you, but not in that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great record. I recommend anyone that's listening to check it out. And, uh, you know, one thing that's also really amazing that you did is you made some like beautiful handmade boxes and like engraved mm. USBs and, um, you know, has some exclusive like demo tracks and some other things. So it's like a really cool packaging. Um, you know, you've done some of this as as well. You know, like I think with Mari, you had some like a book, and mm. um, so I, I dig physical media these these days and creating things. But um, yeah, can you just yeah. talk a little bit more about um, the creation of that and um, you know why you wanted to to put that together as yeah. part of the album?
0: Part of it comes out of just like being sick of plastic. <laughs> yeah. Cassette tapes being plastic, yeah, the yeah. CDs are plastic, and, like, records are basically plastic. And, yeah. And it's, like, just the toxic chemicals involved yeah. in producing it. And, I mean, if we're thinking about plastic waste in the world, I think, like, single-use plastic is is mo- much bigger yeah. of an issue. There's a lot of things where people use it once and then they throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a cassette tape usually you don't use it once and throw it away so um it's really like not the biggest offender in the grand grand scheme of things but um but i just like aesthetically i've i've always really loved natural materials like wood and metal Mm -hmm. and um so thinking about how can i use those Mm -hmm. more and make physical objects that are directly related to the music yeah um, I feel like I haven't quite figured out the best way because I love, I love records. I don't know. I have a bunch of records.
3: Yeah.
0: Here, I love having like the physical record and you play the music off of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was just experimenting with, yeah. with ways of making physical objects that are like outside the box, so to speak.
1: But, yeah, but, you know, kind of shifting away from your own music but still tied to it, you uh, do a lot with RIShows.com. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that is and, um, sure. you know, how people can, you know, get involved with it, can support it, can, yeah. um, you know, use it?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, com. It's just a list of all the shows. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All shows happening in um, Rhode Island in general, but especially Providence. Yeah. I, there are other lists of events yeah. happening or um, with arts and stuff, but there isn't one that's, like, really tapped into the underground scene. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's what R.I. Shows is. We put house shows on there, and we won't list addresses yeah. if it's, like, um, if the venue doesn't want us to but um you we have parameters that are like um that it needs to have at least one local act on the bill um or it has to be free Mm -hmm. or it has to be run by a Mm not-for-profit venue um but the first two are kind of the key ones like having a local artist on the bill and or it's free um just it cuts out a lot of the mainstream yeah but it still allows us like a lot of shows they'll have touring bands and then there's like a local supporter that's cool yeah um that's the type of thing that we would want to put on there so it's not like we're going to say we'll only put local bands but as long as you have local band or artist is on there um it can go on on the site. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. how, if it's free or if it's two hundred dollars. it's, yeah, ne- it's yeah. never two hundred dollars, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then we mix in um, our visiting artist talks that are free that are happening at RISD or um, whatever uh, or Brown. Yeah. And um, during uh, twenty twenty, we would put protests happening because there wasn't really like shows so much and like protests were were the community events yeah yeah. because it's all about supporting the local community really Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to and um it it start i i was not there when it started it started by joe lu um another local musician and i learned about it and i thought I instantly thought it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea, and, like, we had... there's a lots of noise message board before that was defunct at mm-hmm. that point, and there just wasn't anywhere where you could see these kinds of shows um, in one place. Mm-hmm. You could go and look at physical flyers in a coffee shop, but maybe you see, like, two there or whatever. Yeah. And then... Um, and then there's fucking Instagram and Facebook.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but, like, I'm not on Instagram. Well, now I am sort of on Instagram. Obligatory. But I, <laughs> yeah, I've always been anti-social media. I've never had Facebook or, or Twitter. And um, I don't think you should have to have an, an account, like, a membership somewhere. Yeah. Just to see what's happening. Yeah. Um, for fucking punk shows and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have the internet. Mm-hmm. Why not make just a list on yeah. the internet in one place that's like in chronological order. And yep. you can look at what's <laughs> happening this Friday.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, at all the venues. It's not one specific venue. It's not one specific genre or scene. Yeah. Just um, just all the shows yeah. on there, and uh, so I came in and as a as a web developer and um, designer, I was like, this could look nicer and be easier to use. So yeah, I I rebuilt it. Okay. Um, and I set up a system that makes it easy for other people to add shows yeah. to it yeah. too. So. There's two ways. There's a form where anybody can just, like, submit a show.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, we accept almost everything that people send to us. And then uh, if you're a promoter or a venue or, like, you're going to be adding shows a lot, you can get access to our database, basically, and just add shows yourself. Oh, okay. Um And I try to make that be as easy as possible. Yeah, yeah. So that it will be really, like, run by the community Mm -hmm. as much as possible. And have, like, remove any barriers that are unnecessary or, like, gatekeeping stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really anybody who wants to be involved can help. Just sending in shows is super helpful, like... We get show. I, I probably get an email almost every day mm-hmm. with a show that somebody sends in, and like those are really important. And it'll just be random, different person every time. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a couple of people who are more regulars with volunteering and and helping with stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. Have you seen like growth over the time that you've been there?
0: Yeah. I think so. I think that there's m- people know about it more. Yeah. I still will like meet people who have never heard of it. It was yeah. just sad. Like, I need to get the word out more. Yeah, okay. um, but, and like the people that love the idea when they hear about it, but just yeah. never heard about it. And, I think there's like part of it is just not being on social media or whatever and trying to do things this this other way. Yeah. But we have um, stickers now. Yeah. Which uh, I could give you some. That'd be like awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: My wife actually saw one on a, uh, a bumper sticker, like on a car. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, and I was
1: like, oh, I'm going to be talking to
0: Kay. Like, nice. Yeah. Yeah. We have stickers, and we'd like to make posters sometimes cool. soon, too. We'll see. Yeah. It's all like... There's no money, yeah, in our shows. We don't.
1: Yeah, it's not like you're doing. This there's to, like, no like sell donation or anything. Or yeah,
0: anything. there's no ads. There's no um, benefactors. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no donations even.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the stickers were just like somebody paid for them. Yeah. Um. Dave from Analog Underground bought the last run of stickers, which was cool. Oh, that's cool. But it's not like they're sponsoring us or something. He was just like, well, I, I want there to be more stickers. And yeah. so he bought stickers. And that's so, you know, he's just volunteered to do that. Yeah. Um, so th- that's just sort of how th- things are. And and I, I like it that way that we're not affiliated. We're, I don't know, I think. It's cool that we're independent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's, no, yeah. there's nobody telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it, really anybody can get involved and add more of the shows that they want to add or whatever. Yeah. And we're definitely missing stuff. We don't have everything. And um, the people are somewhat in control of what yeah. gets, gets on yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. well, it's incredible what you're doing. Um, yeah, I, I connect with that as well. I mean, the yeah to the idea of doing this podcast was just as a way to yeah give back to the community that it, like helped me in so many ways, and and just uh, and to like share these stories. But yeah, it's like, yeah, there's no, there's no sponsorship of this. There's no money that's coming in. It's yeah. just like you know, however many. Hundreds or thousands of hours I put into researching and editing and all this kind of stuff, you know, to put out. Right. But, uh, so, again, I, I love what you're doing just because I can kind of connect on that. Like it's just a, um, it's just it's an important gap, you know, uh, of yeah, uh, like that there are, there isn't a way to to find these particular shows. Right. Um, so if and you know if that's if that's where you're at or if this is. Um, you know, and these these shows that you're promoting could probably use a couple more people in, in the door or yeah. whatever, you know. So, right. um, you know, because it, it, it is going to, yeah, Rhode Island bands, it's going to mm-hmm. support them. So, yeah, I mean, anyone that's, that's you know, checking this out now, yeah, please go to com and see what it's about. Um, and, yeah, where can people find... Your music and your work, and you know, what's the best way to support you?
0: Um, I don't know. Well, I guess so. I, yeah, Maria Sinta is maria net. it's like Maria M A R I A S S U N T A dot net, and um, Mars website is marpvd.com. And you can see more of my artwork, including visual art. That's um, art. Mm-hmm. Kangabel. dot com. K-N-G-A-B-E-L-L dot com. Cool. Um, don't I don't know. Technically, Maria Sinta is on instagram but i don't care about it and probably don't go there yeah <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but people can go to go to the website and they can buy music or that you know, yeah I, I checked out stuff on on Bandcamp and yeah they have everything there, a, so. good
0: luck trying to find mar on spotify technically we are on spotify but i tried to find us on there and it was fucking impossible
1: oh, okay because it doesn't like if- preload anyone that has like mar at the yeah first, so it's like yeah the Marshall like, Tucker well, Band or something, right, like that. right? But like, well, we're
0: called Mar. Like yeah. if you type Mar, and I think that if you put everything is alive, maybe okay, the like album ha- would come up. And that's the only album that we have on Spotify currently. Okay. So maybe that's part of the problem. But I, Maria Santa I think you can find on Spotify. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Which
0: is which is good. I don't know. I don't. I don't care about Spotify either.
1: But. No, I'm not a. Of that, but
0: people, you know, people use it, yeah. I mean, stuff. it's fine to
1: be there, but yeah, again, like for <laughs> the you know, actually supporting artists to yeah. continue to create this stuff um
0: for now, Bandcamp is better, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: I hope Bandcamp stays cool. I don't know, we don't, yeah, we I don't, mean, you know, you can't get too tied to anything,
1: no, no. I mean, I guess the good thing is that it does seem that they're usually is some other thing that is coming Behind. Yeah. you know, like, I mean, I think Bandcamp came from the, like, well, there's these streaming services that are not paying anyone that are just, you know, yeah. that, that you have to go through these other services to, to upload, you know, like you can't right. just go to Spotify and put your record up, you have to use a distribution thing where it's right. like, how can we democratize that? How can we just have yeah. an artist put this up and have them get paid? And yes, you know, they're going to take a percentage, but at least for me, in my view, it's been like, I they're storing I mean. a bunch of stuff. Like there's like, they have, yeah, it you seems know,
0: reasonable. yeah, you know, so but it's, they got bought out, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so like some it's big like, 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 game
1: knows. company or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah. It's it's tough when those things come to just not get too cynical because of the world we live in, of, you know, some yeah. corporate thing. But uh,
0: Well, this uh, is why it's important to, like, support the local music community yeah. and that we're, like, we're not dependent on the internet Yeah. too much. I mean... I guess I, you know, we're putting our, like our shows is a website, yeah, <laughs> and um, and where the living room used to be is a podcast that's on the internet. But like, we're en- encouraging things to happen outside of the internet yeah. too, and it's yeah. not like um, siloed into one thing that's like owned by. Th- Jeff Bezos or, like, whatever the fuck, some millionaire. Yeah. Billionaire. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) more than millionaire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just have one last question for you here. Um, It's the one I always ask to, you know, finish out the interviews. But, uh, you know, looking back, what would you say is the greatest accomplishment you have tied to music?
0: I don't know. I feel like just, like, any, like, just playing a set live feels like mm-hmm. a great accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like, a, a, happy for myself that it did.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think that there's any, like, um, I don't know, like a a thing that's amazing to put on a resume or something kind of thing. I think it's just kind of more of the everyday playing a show and, like, mm-hmm. feeling like people are connecting mm-hmm. with it yeah and listening to it. not every show is like that yeah yeah but um and you never know what is gonna be the show that mm-hmm. is like that
4: <laughs> yeah
0: I've played a lot of shows where I think it's gonna be a really good show and it's terrible yeah or yeah. like or I think that it's gonna be a flop and it ends up being amazing yeah um you just don't really know especially yeah. when you're like making weird music, mm-hmm. I think, that's not fitting, like, right into the little genre and stuff. Oh, okay. But, so I guess... Yeah. I always say that. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, that it's it's true, and, like, just to... I always try to put it in perspective, because I can, um... I don't know, just, yeah, not be as grateful for this stuff, you know? Like, I, like, like there's a yeah. lot of people that just don't do this, that, you know, I've met them, and they're like, oh, I wish I... Yeah. Yeah, I wish I played a show. I wish I could play music. It's like, you can. You know, they're like home guitarists, yeah. but they've never played a show. And it's like, oh, I, I honestly, I take it for granted. Or I'll complain about some things. And it's just, mm. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I it resonates with me of just getting down to, like, just actually doing this stuff, like actually making a record and pouring yeah. it out um, is a big deal. Um, yeah. So, and and I, I love treating it that way. And again, I think it's cool what you're doing of actually, like, creating Um, you know more physical things just like making it more real um, Mm -hmm. at least from my perspective Um, so yeah no I think that that's an awesome answer so um, okay thank you I appreciate your time and it's been really cool to uh, learn uh, a lot more of uh, like more deeply about everything that, Mm -hmm. that you're creating so I appreciate it
3: cool thank you